I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my vlog, where it's both my mission and simultaneously my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you a specific takeaway, all that way so your journey can be at least a little bit easier, right? Now, there's lots I want to talk about, but before I fully dive into things, I would like to take the opportunity uh, before doing so to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So, last episode of the vlog, if uh, you know you follow along week to week, I, I sort of talked about this notion that, you know, essentially the the world, as it were, became a lot more clear to me, right? This sort of disillusionment of what once was to seeing what is and being able to navigate within that, right? And, you know, oftentimes, like, there's a, there's a Byron Katie quote that says, when you argue against reality, you suffer. Now, that's true in any capacity, but what I realized was that there's also the version of it where you argue against reality and you don't really know that that is what you're doing, right? You're not doing it at a conscious level. And so I kind of look back, um, you know, in the past, let's say, couple weeks of I was really arguing against reality uh, without sort of knowing it. And what I mean by that is that I was trying to force square pegs and round holes or something like that, right? Um, I had a different perspective, albeit an illusion, of how uh, this business operated, right? And it kind of came to a head of like, no, that's not the case, really, right? And I encourage you sort of listen to that episode, I'll be, I'll, I'll be, it can be a little bit jumbled, but essentially, you know, ever since Discovery and their takeover of Warner Brothers, that's really shaken up the film industry, um, and just sort of my own dealings within the business and how I, I, I view it. And so it's given me this sort of new resolve now to really just take ownership of my projects in a way that I've been doing, but not necessarily all the way through. And, you know, now I look at marketing as part and parcel of it all, both in terms of time, effort, resources, and budget, right? And really, that's the way to ultimately succeed. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, it is. That's putting on all the various hats but it's also why I call myself the 360 creative coach is because we have to essentially do all of this stuff in order to succeed as an indie artist, right? Uh, we have to wear multiple hats and yes, it is quite draining. It prolongs the efforts. And if we find people along the way that are willing to help us, um, great, you know, embrace those people and support those people in return. But unfortunately, the idea that, you know, um, that as an indie artist that you won't succeed 
or that you can succeed without really putting in all the effort uh, into the marketing as well, it's just, it's just not really realistic, right? doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's not really realistic. And so that's the angle at which I approach things now. And also too, I just started looking at things and as I'm apt to do, question them. Because a lot of things, you know, much like in psychology, you examine things and through Byron Katie's methodology, you sort of question of like, is this true? Can I know that it's true? And just in the entertainment industry, however you want to term that, whether it be music, poetry, you know, writing novels, movie making, and anything in between, right? Uh, Painting, all that stuff, right? There's certain myths that we've bought into, and what's been fascinating is continually to look at history and how those ideologies didn't exist even like 100 years ago, let alone like for millennia and so forth. And so these things that we hold as true, you know, with a capital T, aren't actually even lowercase t true. And that kind of can bug people the wrong way um, because they're so used to being prescribed a certain way of, of doing things uh, and so forth, right? And the reason I'm kind of opening up with marketing and so forth is because, you know, I was talking with a friend and it just seems like in today's day and age, when it comes to art, the gatekeepers, if you want to call them that, um, or just in general, like there's a laziness associated with things where it's like if it, if it comes too difficult to break through the noise, it's not worth it. And it's just not true. Like there's incredible works of art that penetrate all the time and vice versa. There's all these like things that we think will explode because based on the formula and market needs, and it just doesn't end up being the case. And so for me, I've really kind of come to this idea that I just, I just really want to show a new path of doing stuff, right? Even this idea of like, well, it's show business and people tend to forget that it is a business first. It's like, well, art didn't used to be a business, right? Historically, it, it wasn't really a business. We've commodified it in such a way, uh, but you know, there's a cultural aspect associated throughout history and people recognize as such. Maybe we've gotten away from it from an American perspective, but certainly within other nations, there's film grants uh, that fund all kinds of art because they see an inherent value of art and being able to push society. And that's a beautiful thing, right? And that's, again, how I sort of look at things, you know, is just that questioning and examining and, and essentially in psychology, they call them limiting beliefs. You know, the, the beliefs that you hold that prevent you from doing, from being your true nature, from doing what you love 
and from ultimately succeeding however you define that to be. And so for me, I've essentially gotten away from that. But I think, you know, people buy into these limiting beliefs because again, it's just, it just becomes very easy to reinforce that. Society certainly reinforces it. And, you know, that, that part of ourselves that is scared feeds into that. So we do play small. And, you know, someone very well-intentioned, and a lot of people do this, to, you know, they ask like, you know, what's your focus? What do you want to do in, you know, five to 10 years? Like if you could, if you could do it, what, what would it be doing? And my answer really is I'm already doing it. And of course I would love to do the things that I'm doing on a larger scale, but you know, maybe I'll get there, maybe I won't, but I'm still doing the thing. I'm, I'm still writing books, making movies, supporting my friends, having fun, learning, reading great books, playing soccer, right? Like, that's all part of what I want to be doing in life. And so I've orchestrated my life to be able to do that stuff. And, and so when people say and, and give sort of advice, you know, I think it's a projection of, again, not really what they, they haven't even examined it. I know they haven't, right? And someone's telling me like, well, you know, focus on just making short films and you'll succeed, you know, that'll be like the thing and then it'll hit and then you'll get, then people buy into it and you'll then eventually make feature films. And I'm like, well, I already get to make feature films, <laughs> you know? So if the goal is to make a short to get to a feature film, I'm not interested in that because I'm already doing the feature films, right? Uh, in fact, I wanna go quite the opposite. I wanna make a trilogy, <laughs> right? And I, I don't wanna play in that small way it's interesting because, you know, in my bathroom, I've posted sort of, uh, you know, these sentences that encompass my nature, right? So both my therapists, we did this a while ago, you know, of, uh, you know, what my, what my purpose is, um, you know, to get better and better and better and better. Like that's, you know, my purpose in life. Uh, my sense, you know, this, this could be considered like what you would ride on someone's tombstone after they pass. And mine was, you know, he lived his life to its fullest. Um, you know, my goal is to realize my potential. My genius is problem solving. And my dream is um, to be part of a family that I love. Right? And family being a more encompassing term rather than just blood relatives. Right? And so... When you sort of look at it like that, yeah, playing small for me is just literally not part of my nature. I would be going against who I am if I was to do things that are disingenuous to me just because like that's the way you're supposed to do it. And I think why I've been able to succeed with the things that I have is because I am bold about it and it does come from that pure place and therefore I'm able to be creative within that and, and maximize it and do what I intended and really bring people along because they believe in that shared ideology of like, let's make something as crazy as it sounds, we're going to go for it and, and it's going to be really special. 
coupled with you know my gift of problem solving which really just is sticking with the problem longer right like we can i really believe we can all solve problems it's not like i've been given this genius uh of of problem solving it's more so that you know in my life i've faced a lot of problems and and i find it fun like a puzzle to figure this out and i just literally stick with the problem longer it's one of my very first lessons that i put out is you know einstein had that notion of just stick with the problem longer and you can solve it but people too oftentimes give up prematurely in fact it's when i tell people like i've never really failed at my projects they go whoa whoa, whoa you never failed it blah, blah, blah. i'm like no no i've had missteps and i had failures along the way 100 percent, and i've done that like you know many many a times but as far as what the overall intent and completing that thing no i'm I've yet to fail because I just stuck with it until it was what, it, what I desired it to be. And this includes making some short films when I was younger, you know, like probably five or six times until I finally got what I was really after. And at the time, you know, you feel deflated because you're having to like essentially redo the work over and over. But how's that different than a film doing reshoots or something like that? Uh, which they do on a, on a very high-budget professional level. So that to me is sort of the inspiring aspect. And, and also, for me, I had a great interview with um, uh, Satya uh, Doyle Bayak, who wrote the book Quarter Life, which essentially examines people roughly from like age 18 to about 40, and how, you know, the, the search for self in early adulthood, you know, the search for meaning. And we examined her ideology through the lens of the, uh, the book and the movie Wild, as well as Into the Wild, right? Which are both based on true events of Cheryl Strayed and Christopher McCandless. And it was just great to sort of be able to chat with her because it was so inspiring and and what it really reinvigorated for me was the return. So if you're familiar with Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey, you know, think like every, every like major movie that you probably love. Let's take like Indiana Jones. There's a call to action. You know, Indiana Jones has to go uh, retrieve the um, the you know, um, in the last crusade, right. Um, you know, they're, they're after that, but of course the real call to action is going to save his father. Um, there's the journey itself. And then after the journey, there's the return and most works of fiction, the return is very brief, right? Because it's not sexy, right? The story's over, but in life, the return is one of the most important things because you have to reintegrate your society after having been irrevocably changed. And it, to me, that interview just kind of brought back to surface, you know, stuff that I'd known, um, but it made, it made me just connect the dots in a way that 
it brought, brought it to the forefront that I, I had not been thinking of, but you know, when we talk about, uh, as Gandhi says, be the change that you wish to see, you know, oftentimes we complain about the world and so forth, and it's like, how do we expect the world to change if we don't change ourselves? Right? And so, to some it might so sound naive, but yeah, I want to essentially be an example of eradicating limiting beliefs for people through the example that I set. And, you know, if I can do that, will like, I solve the world and will I inspire the world? No. But I, don't, I know I don't need to. You know, I think we, we overburden ourselves with the impact that we have to have and then we don't do anything because we're paralyzed by the, that notion. When in reality, if, I mean, first off, the right thing to do is always the right thing to do, right? So even if it doesn't have an impact on someone else, it's okay because it's the right thing to do. But, you know, by doing it and doing it well and over the course of, you know, years, decades and so forth, it will draw on people. Now, how many, I don't know, but it will. And that's the other part of this too, is the notion, I, 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 again, like as far as a myth, the idea of followers and needing more followers to be successful as an artist and so forth. And Kevin Kelly, through his incredible 1000 True Fans article, really disproves that theory. What he argues is, as long as you have a thousand true fans that are willing to like pay you a hundred dollars a year, you can, you can make a good living, right? Certainly by society standards. Now, if you have people that you need to pay and so forth, and you know your expenses, then yeah, of course that number has to go higher. But that's a lot more doable than being like, okay, I need you know one million followers on Instagram or TikTok or this and that, right? So. I think there's a lot of effort that's put into amassing an audience as opposed to finding the right audience. And this happens all the time where people literally will try to sell to people who will never be their customers. I experience it all the time from people and I'm like, I, I, I literally tell them, I, will, I am not your customer. I will never be your customer. Please, you know, you're wasting your effort. Go utilize your time, your resources to, to find those people. And that's why for me, I've rolled up marketing into what I do because, yeah, even, even with the stuff that I have created, there's an audience for it, right? And to a degree, I've reached some of those people, but certainly there are more people to reach. Um, and when I say, when I say that, it, it really doesn't come from a disingenuous place. Like, I, I think that's, I don't know, I, I really do look at it as a community and you know, about bringing value to people uh, in the best way that I can, whether, and that could be as simple as like entertaining someone, or it can be like this right here, right now that I'm doing of providing, you know, wisdom, information, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, so they can utilize it, right? But again, having a small impact rather than a wide impact, but instead a small, very wide impact, that's better than a lot of people with very little depth behind it. 
And so, yeah, you know, that's kind of how I've been looking at things. And, you know, even just afterwards, once I've kind of like given myself this new resolve in life to eradicate limiting beliefs, you know, the idea that like, oh, I'm spread too thin or whatever. Well, so are people like Gary Vee, right? And he's very successful and he talks about all the time how you know, people tell him to sort of focus and he would be more successful. And he's like, that's just not in my nature. And so when we talk about being self-aware, that's, that's, that's a key component of it. But the sad part is I don't think a lot of people are as self-aware as they think they are. The fact that like we need videos and tutorials to teach us how to breathe or when to even drink water. It's like we've gotten so away from like listening to our own bodies. How, how can we claim to be self-aware? We're not. I know I'm not. But I'm trying to be, right? And, you know, I was, I was talking with my therapist and, you know, one of the things that he was joking about was this idea that, you know, people try to have these hacks for life. You know, uh, being vegan or whatever, like these diet um, and exercise things and whatever else to, to just like prolong and be healthy their lives and yada, yada, yada. When in reality, like, yes, all that stuff matters. I'm not saying it doesn't. But our lives would be made so much more better and we could extend our lifespans just by the simple fact of just being present. And people, you know, people will say they are and so forth, but I've seen people be tested and like, you know, most times very few people get beyond like one or 2% of actually being present in any given moment. It's crazy. And so in that way, it's like, I, I try to study the people, you know, what are the, what are the secrets of the people that have broken through to, to that enlightened state. And by the way, enlightenment, I think this is this very fancy term, but again, just keeping it simple and keeping it with Byron Katie, you know, she said, I don't know what enlightened means, but I've been on the other side where, um, you know, I've been miserable and I, my thoughts have, you know, driven me crazy. And, and I know right now I'm happy and, and it's like, yeah, there you go. Right. Sometimes it is really keeping it that simple. Um, and that happens through examination and, and kind of, again, just really questioning where, where things, some things come from. You know, I think even when people care about us and are well-intentioned, their advice can come from a place of fear instead of love. And I don't mean like that they don't have love for you. I mean the actual advice itself is coming from a place of fear instead of love. Because they don't want to get you, they don't want to see you get hurt. Of course, and we, we would call that a noble thing. But when you really sort of break down that idea and just at all, never deny someone their suffering. And that sounds very callous. What does that mean? Well, look at your life. Hasn't any major breakthrough, anything meaningful come from essentially pain? So why deny that for somebody else? We all have our journey. And it doesn't mean you can't be there to support them and, and help and guide them and so forth. But too often times we try to prescribe 
well, many times even without asking, to people. <laughs> In reality, we should be prescribing to ourselves. It's very fascinating. In that way. But yeah, I just sort of in, it might sound not like a lot, but I feel a lightness in the way that I operate. You know, uh, my writing has become easier to, to do and more fun. And I'm like, yeah, you know, things, things are coming together. And, you know, even this weekend, I went to see a friend's uh, film at the Chinese theater. It was their premiere. And it just, it was just so fun, right? Whereas before, I don't know, I might have been more in my head about certain stuff or whatever. I don't know. It was, I was just light on my feet. Um, and I even did a cooking class with my friend Tammy. Um, it was a Native American themed cooking class. And, you know, that was, that was just a lot of fun, right? And so to me, I'm just in a weird way, just enjoying life more, Right? Because I've let go of the idea of what is supposed to be. I'm, I'm much more focused on the process of it all, right? As I said, from start to finish. I don't try to force things um, if, if they're not going in a certain direction. And because of it, the, the world is becoming my oyster in a way. And as I sort of continue you know, on my journey, that's certainly what I'm going to try to really put into words and, you know, showcase also through my actions of what's possible. Because a lot is possible. And I have the benefit of knowing that because of the people who've paved the path before me. For me, I look to people like Robert Rodriguez, Juan Carlos, Christopher Nolan, Richard Linklater, and so on, right? And even authors, right? Like a Charles Bukowski, you know, who didn't really hit until he was about 50. But he was certainly working way before then. <laughs> and that's inspiring, you know? I mean, as I kind of talked about as far as limiting beliefs, like if you just study history, you learn that a lot of what we believe is, hasn't always held up to be the case. And in many ways, you can find inspiration by going in history. You know, art history, sure, but also just history in general. And yes, like all things, there's negative things um, to learn. And you want to learn those things so that way we're not doomed to repeat those things. But find the inspiring stuff, you know, utilize that for yourself. And, you know, to me, that, all that stuff is fun. And it is worthwhile because it makes my art all the more richer. And even if it didn't make my art richer, it just makes my life more richer. And I don't mean financially. I mean in the meaningful sense, right? So... And that's my message to you is if there's a limiting belief that, you know, that's been holding you back, 
or someone tells you something, you know, question it and really get at the root of why it is that you or they believe that and how can you overcome it? As always, you know, I'm, I'm ha- more than happy to help. Comment down below or hit me up on social media at Phil Svitek. And, you know, if you can't work through the problem, you know, let's do it. Let me know and I'll try to come up with ideas, right? After all, that's what I aim to do with these sort of episodes and just the stuff that I put out. And so thank you as always. Um, if you appreciate what I do and would like to have more direct interaction, well, there's, of course, my coaching, which is available to you. Link is provided down below. Or if you want to sort of dip your toe in, well, I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash philsvitek. There's various tiers of support with various benefits. Um, and also, you know, as I made mention, I create art and uh, I've linked to it down below. You know, maybe you're just curious. That's another way to support me because, of course, as that stuff becomes self-sustaining, then I get to create more of it and learn various lessons and share them here freely with you. That is my goal, right? And um, I will keep doing this um, as long as as long as I can, right? And of course, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, priorities shift and I'm going to have to as I've done in the past, like take a week off here and there, put out less. And, you know, that's all part of the process and having the grace with myself to do it. But, um, but I know in my heart of hearts, this is meaningful. I'm going to continue doing it. Same as with everything else, because it's just too much fun. Right? So thank you so much. I appreciate you. Hope to see you next time.